This episode of Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. programs and welcome to the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and i'm Derek diamond so it's been a a pretty cool weekend for me i'll let you uh i'll go ask you first what have you been doing this weekend my friend Uh, it's actually been uh kind of a nice uh we had a lot of stuff going on but also a very fun uh weekend did my uh first 5k official 5k that i've done in like three years (laughs) which was pretty cool even though it was extremely cold Uh, i don't know if you guys got any snow over there but Uh, we actually actually, we got a little bit it's kind of funny it it didn't snow till right when i got home from work on friday and as soon as i pulled into the driveway the flakes started because it was sleeting on my way home and um so i pull into the driveway and i'm like that's that snowflakes like these nice you know little fat snowflakes falling like gently falling and i'm like uh, i told tina i was like it's it's snowing come out and look and it snowed for exactly about three i'd say three minutes maybe three and a half minutes and then it stopped i was like oh that's all we got You're like why can't it be christmas day <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it snowed uh, it snowed here Early Saturday morning around like 2.30, 3 a.m. I didn't stay up for it because I was fighting a cold. So I didn't want to you know, stay up all night and then be sick for the next day. But yeah. um, no, it, it, was, it was pretty cool to see. I saw plenty of Snapchats and Facebook pictures and all that stuff. So it was kind of like I stayed up and, and saw it. Yeah, my brother uh, lives no, in Birmingham and they got like a couple of inches. It was like winter oh, wonderland yeah. up there. Yeah. And then uh, what else did I do Saturday? We'd had our uh, Christmas parade here in town and I was in it. And that was a lot of fun. And then we had like a we had just had a small little Christmas get together with a few friends, did uh, Dirty Santa gift exchange, had food, all that fun stuff. So nice, nice, chill, like, you know, way to end the Saturday. That's cool. Uh, well, I. I didn't really do much because it was so cold. We didn't really feel like going anywhere or doing anything. So I went and loaded up on groceries before uh, the storm hit, just in case we got stuck in the house for a few days. And I got lots of snacks and, you know, hot drink type stuff. And I bought some some, uh, hot chocolate with uh, the, the, what do they call that, marshmallow cream that stuff yeah I'm like mm, that's gonna be good and i got some brownies for national brownie day so it's been a it's been a carb sugary weekend <laughs> around here at the house um but uh my brother had sent down uh last week well actually for thanksgiving uh, i didn't get to go see him for thanksgiving so he sent down with my parents who went and visited uh he sent down a, a nes game that he got for me he got me blaster master on nes and uh Played that a little bit last night, and it's great. It's still good. The undisputed gem of the the Nintendo Entertainment System, so I'm happy about that. 
And then I uh, went to the flea market today. It was freezing cold, but I did manage to pick up a copy of Ikari Warriors for the NES for uh, about eight bucks. I got it for. And um, I was going to pick up some more, but most of it was overpriced. And I figured $8 is pretty, pretty good price for Ikari Warriors. So I went and picked that up. And I saw a guy there today who had Secret of Mana complete mm -hmm. in box. He had uh, uh, Chrono Trigger complete in box. Um, he had Woo! Super Star Wars complete in box. Uh, a couple other games that were complete in box. And I saw the Secret of Mana and I, I just, you know... I just figured I'd ask. I was like, so how much do you want the uh, Secret of Mana for? And he's like, $100. I was like, woo, that's a little out of my price range. So no thanks. And he said, well, i tell you what. He said, I will sell you the whole lot. I mean, I'm talking Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, Super Star Wars. I think he had, um, uh, what did he have? I think it was Street Fighter Two Turbo in box like mm -hmm. six games in the box he was like i'll let you have all six right now for 300 bucks and i was like that's tempting but uh that is very tempting <laughs> i don't think i'd be able to live with myself if i dropped that amount of money on at the flea market <laughs> randomly on a, a sunday afternoon so i had to let him go and uh you know i'll get lucky one of these days and find some cool stuff in the box but I couldn't pull the trigger on that one. That is very tempting, though. I mean, six games complete in box yeah. for three hundred. That's. Would you have done it for two hundred? Probably, yeah. I would have done it for two hundred. I could see. Yeah. Two hundred's reasonable, but three hundred. I'm just like, ah, I just got a Nintendo Switch that I dropped four hundred dollars on. You know, I'm like, yeah, ah, I can't really justify that. But two hundred dollars, I think I could. <laughs> You know, I could spare the extra two hundred dollars to to get a bunch of complete inbox games, and they were really good shape too. I mean, there was a little wear and tear on a few of them, but like the uh, the Chrono Trigger, um, the the Secret of Man. I mean, the boxes were almost immaculate, and I was just I was That's really awesome. really tempted, but I just I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, which I, I forgot to mention this uh, since we did our last show. Um, I told you off air and I haven't really told that many people, but I got my first tattoo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so are you going to, are you going to reveal Spe it speaking on of, the show? Speaking of dropping, speaking of dropping money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got a, uh, it's something I've been going back and forth on for like a month or so. And I finally pulled the trigger on it. I got it, uh, Monday night. It's I'll, I'll post it on the, on the nerd cave retro, uh, yeah. Instagram page, but it's, Basically, the Master Sword and the Hylian Shield from Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it looks awesome, too. I, you actually are tempting me to get uh, <laughs> a tattoo of my own. Like, I've never gotten a tattoo. I, I always said, you know, when I was growing up, I was like, I'm not going to get a tattoo unless it's something that I absolutely know that I'm not going to mind it being on my body for the rest of my life. And yeah. honestly, I think I could probably get away with having a Nintendo logo somewhere that'd be cool so i'm thinking that'd i might get a nintendo logo somewhere i'm not sure where yet but uh i'm not i don't want to get it anywhere visible i just want it you know to like people know that you know know me know it's there so i don't want to go yeah. flashing around a nintendo tattoo or anything but you know <laughs> well if you do decide to do it i will forewarn you it does hurt i'm sure if you've heard any stories yeah it's 
I wasn't quite prepared for that because like I, I got it on my right calf and right where the muscle really ends is where like the tip of the sword was. And right when the guy started to do the coloring for it, I had to bite down on my finger because it was – he even looked up at me. He's like, are you all right up there? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. And yeah. then he just – yeah, it was – after like the first 10 minutes or so, it's not so bad. But there are times where like he'll he'll take breaks until mm-hmm. you, know, you switch out the ink and everything with colors and whatnot. And I'm like – Dude, just don't stop. Just keep keep going. <laughs> keep going. Yeah, my wife keep. Tina has a, a big map of the world on her back. And it's oh, like, nice. you know, takes up a lot of her spine and it goes across her uh, her shoulder blades. So she said that's actually the worst is when they're going over somewhere that's close to bone. And I'm yeah. like, oh, like right on, she's like, right on your spine is the worst. I'm like, I, I, I couldn't do it to myself. I'm too much of a wuss. Well, she is much tougher than I am. Yeah, so she's tougher than pro- me. Props to your wife for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that uh, that pretty much encapsulated my weekend. I almost got a bunch of complete inbox games, but you know, I can't really justify that. You got your tattoo, so it's it's been a good week all around for the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And this is my last full week of work, and then I am off for two weeks, so I am so happy. But I got stupid and told my boss I'd work a few days on my first week off, so I don't really get my vacation until Friday the 23rd or something like that. And then I got I a got week and a half off, so... Eh, I just wanted to make a little extra money for Christmas, so you know how it is. Christmas presents get expensive when yep. you got a lot of family. So, yep, understandable. Eh, let's go ahead and move into news for this week. So, Mega Man Eleven will arrive on consoles and PC in late 2018. A funny story about how I found this article. I was actually getting my tattoo done and looking at my phone to uh, distract myself from the pain. And I just so happened to randomly find this article. And I was like, oh, Jason will love this. Uh, But this comes to us from Engadget.com. This month marks the 30th anniversary of the original Mega Man, which is crazy to think about which came out for NES on December 17th, 1987. In a stream celebrating the milestone, Capcom had a couple of announcements. Most importantly, that Mega Man 11 will be coming to PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC in late 2018. But Capcom had another surprise in store for longtime fans. All eight games in the notoriously difficult-to-find Mega Man X series will come to leading platforms. So you being the Mega Man fan that you are, what do you think of this news? I'm all for it. I'm uh, I didn't get to play Mega Man 10. I really didn't get back into Mega Man until, you know, recently a couple years ago. And um I'm really excited about uh not only is Mega Man coming back to the Switch with Mega Man 11, but they have two um Mega Man Legacy collections coming out. Um, and to 2018, one of them is going to include Mega Man 1 through 6, while the second will have Mega Man 7 through 10, plus the DLC for the last two games in the series. I'm excited for that to have all Mega Man games on, you know, two games, basically. Yeah. 
No, I, I think I think doing it that way is is the best. And, you know, for longtime Mega Man fans, I know it's got to be yeah. fantastic news. And I really wish that they would have, you know, since this is technically the 30th anniversary, they should have done it this year. You know, they, they should agree. have had that the, those two legacy collections ready to go because it would have been smarter to have those two collections come out for the holiday season this year and then next year have me- hit with Mega Man 11. Or, you know, release the first Mega Man Legacy Collection, and you know, now for Christmas, and then again in the, the late spring, early summer, and then you'll have people still ready for Mega Man 11 next, you know, next holiday season. But, you know, they do what they want to, I guess. So, and because that would have made more sense to me to do it like that. But, you know, I'm not in marketing, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but I still think the fact that they're actually doing it, you know, is, is really cool. And I, I'm I'm tempted to actually play Mega Man 11. Are you sure? Because there, there's there's one screen cap of it in the animation. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. got a little bit of a it's got a very cartoonish look to it, but. You know, I, I think that's fitting. It, it looks really good. Yeah, it, it still looks 16-bit, but it, it looks a little more modern. Um, and even yep. said here somewhere that it looks, uh, yeah, it says akin to the newer Super Mario Brothers games. You know, for like the Wii, uh, the Wii. Yeah, that's exactly what Mario I think. Brothers. Of. So yeah, it's it's got that kind of art style, which I'm totally okay with. Um, so I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm definitely gonna get it. So. You know, it's Mega Man. Who's who's you know? If you've never played Mega Man, you don't know. So go play Mega Man right now. Do it. Uh, and also, uh, uh, Nintendo released earlier uh, a couple weeks ago. We're a little late to this news, and we were actually going to try it on the show tonight, but uh, we couldn't find it yet. So this is actually going to come up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to try this on the show. Uh, coming to us from Nintendo.com, Super Mario Cereal from Kellogg's makes breakfast a playful experience. Um, with Super Mario Brothers Cereal, Nintendo and Kellogg's have teamed up to take fans on a breakfast odyssey that will continue long after the cereal box is empty. In addition to collectible Super Mario Odyssey box art, each Super Mario Cereal box functions as an amiibo accessory, making breakfast a more playful experience. Um so I, they haven't really released anything else about this, but what exactly is the box going to do as an Amiibo? Well, for the most part, what the Amiibos do is they just give you like extra items that you can add to your inventory. So say like they released a lot of Amiibo for Super Smash Brothers, and one of those was Link. You can use that Amiibo in Breath of the Wild and like, you know, items that you can cook or like a, a bow or, you know, some like a decent sword will drop in on a treasure chest. They'll just like randomly drop in in front of you that you can pick up and add to your inventory. Yeah. So okay. it, it just it, it's not like a requirement. Um, some Amiibos add, you know, add a lot to games, but some are just, you know, very minor stuff. So. I, I'm not sure what they're going to do with this. Um, I haven't really found anything about it. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see. It's interesting that they're using like the actual box as the as the amiibo. I mean, you would think you know they could go back to 
the old days when you could get a prize in yeah. your cereal and they could do like an exclusive amiibo. I mean, it can even just be like one or two. Yeah. Well, that's what like actually, you get an exclusive amiibo in yeah. the cereal box. That's what I was actually thinking they were going to do when I first heard about this is like, it would just be a, a toy in the box, you know, and like a, a random amiibos in the box. And that would actually create, you know, demand for the cereal people looking for exclusive amiibos. But um, I guess the box itself is an amiibo, so I don't know if they're gonna have. Do they even do cereal box toys anymore? Like prizes in the cereal box? I have no idea. I, I don't I'm eat... I'm out of touch when it comes to when it comes to my cereal. Like when I do get like a children's quote children's cereal, I get Captain Crunch, and it's never. Ha- I'm I don't think I've ever gotten a toy in a Captain Mm-mm. Crunch box. No. But speaking of the Super Mario cereal, did you ever get this uh, Nintendo cereal system when you were a kid? Uh, let me look it up and see what year that was. Nintendo Nintendo cereal, cereal system? system. It was the Nintendo cereal that was released. Uh, here it is, right here. Um, oh God, come on, Wikipedia. Uh, it's a breakfast cereal which was produced by Ralston Cereals in 1986 and discontinued in 1989. Uh, the name of the cereal is based on the NES and represents two of the most popular video games for the NES at the time, Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda. Uh, over the years, the cereal has been sold as memorabilia for collectors on online auction sites at prices exceeding $100 per box. In 2010, a box was sold on eBay for over $200. Um, and the box itself, if you look on the Wikipedia page, uh, there were two different cereals in the box. You had two bags of cereal. You had the Super Mario cereal and you had Zelda cereal. Um, and I don't know if you remember. They also, which reminded me of this, do you remember that they had Nerds cereal back in the day? And it was the, the box itself was like a big Nerds box. You know, nerd, the, the candy nerd. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's like two different kind of flavors in the box. So the top of the box would open, you know, either side, and you would get either, you know, like strawberry in one side and like, you know, uh, grape on the other side. It was two different kind of cereals in the box. And that's pretty much what the uh, Nintendo cereal was like. And I'm got to thinking about it. I was like, man. We had some horrible cereal when we were kids, man. Just like nothing but just sugar bombs. I never had the Nintendo cereal system, but I do remember seeing it. I did. I think that might have been like right after my time, but I do remember like I remember hearing about it and I remember seeing, you know, photos of the box, but I never actually had the cereal itself. I got it one time and then I never got it again. And then from that point on, because of that cereal, my parents would never let me get the kind of cereal I wanted ever again because my dad had to finish the Nintendo cereal so it wouldn't go bad. So I was never mm-hmm. able to get cereal ever again after that because like, you won't eat it. I'll have to end up eating it. So I never could get my own cereal. So stupid Nintendo cereal, nasty stuff. It, it was nasty. I mean, I remember very vividly, it was like, it had the texture of like Captain Crunch, but it was just, it was like eating cardboard. It was like no flavor to it whatsoever. It was like, like you ever had King Vitaman? 
cereal. No. <laughs> or it just kicks. didn't that didn't look appetizing at all. Yeah, like kick cereal. Like everybody always talked about how good kick cereal was for you, but it was nasty. It's like the worst cereal yeah. ever. It would cut the roof of your mouth and you didn't even get like good flavor for it. It was just gross. No, I just stuck to my fruity pebbles and cinnamon toast crunch growing up. <laughs> I'm still a shredded so I'll, I'll, uh, uh, frost frosted sh- mini wheats. That's that's my favorite cereal. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I I will say one last thing about the Mario cereal: the fact that it's kind of funny that neither of us have been able to find it. Yeah, but then I was like, it's a Nintendo product, so are they trying yeah. to create artificial demand for <laughs> <Exactly>. the cereal? <laughs> I was expecting to like. You know, I went in there. It was supposed to be released on um, when was it supposed to be released? Like December eighth or something like that. I think the AAF. Oh, it's as early as December eleventh. Yeah, December eleventh. Um, which actually, what is today? Which is to- today's the tenth. Oh, 10th. that's so, tomorrow. That, so that's why we couldn't. That's find why we it. couldn't find. I could have sworn <laughs> I read this article like a week ago, and I could have sworn that it said it was going to be released on the eighth. So no wonder we couldn't find it. It's not even out yet. Well, everybody who's listening to the audio version yeah. it will be out. So go get <laughs> so go get go it. get Super Mario cereal. <laughs> and uh, one more thing in our news for this week. Uh, the, this was actually last week was Nintendo's uh, eShop's busiest release week yet, uh, from Majora's Mask style puzzle games to break dancing to wrestling. And this is on Polygon.com. Uh, never say that December is a dry month for new games. That's certainly not true for the Nintendo Switch, which receives 22 titles to the eShop between today, December 7th, and December 12th. That marks the highest number of new games to hit the Nintendo eShop at once so far. Um, uh, just talks about some of the games that are coming out. There's uh, Sexy Brutal, uh, A Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask-style murder mystery. Uh, Floor Kids, Vostok Inc., and WWE 2K18. Um, And so there's a lot of titles coming out. Uh, Here's the full lineup if you want to go to the Polygon article. Uh, God, there's so many. Let's see. Phantom Breaker, uh, Human Fall Flat. uh, Let's see. Robonauts. I don't even know what most of this stuff is, but I'd like to check some of it out. I kind of like the name of the Sexy Brutal. I might have to check that out. Plague Road. Uh, there's a bunch of games yeah. coming out this month. That's awesome, though, that they're releasing. Like, it, it's good that their eShop is busy because it shows that yeah. they're actually putting effort into it. I'm ready for uh, the Switch Online to launch. Uh, as soon as that launches, I am going to buy a full year's uh, subscription for it. Oh, absolutely. No, that, that that's good. That's good for Nintendo on doing that. But that's going to bring us into this month in video game history. In December of 1982, Namco releases Xevious, which sets the style for scrolling shooters to come. And I think that we talked about... I remember us talking about this last year around this time. Um, yeah, the, it does yeah. sound very familiar. Yeah, I remember us talking about this, and this is actually uh, very much like um, if you ever played games like 1942 or River Raid, those type of games, that's the type of game this is, and I guess this is pretty much the granddaddy of those type of scrolling shooters that, you know, like Galaga and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. 
December 31st, 1982, Gottlieb releases Qbert. Yeah, who who's never not heard of Qbert? <laughs> He's the the video game guy that curses all the time. Yeah. Uh, he was politically incorrect before yeah. it was cool. <laughs> uh, and I, also, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I I don't have like I briefly played Cubert, but you know, I I recognize like he's kind of an underrated iconic character in yeah. video games. He was pretty big back in the day. I mean, not like you know. He wasn't exactly on the the level of like Pac-Man or Mario, but he was definitely a recognizable character that I think probably could have made the transition to uh, the Nintendo and beyond. But he just kind of got left in the you know the Atari era, which is a yeah. shame because that was actually a really good game. He was actually uh, one of the cooler characters in the movie Wreck It Ralph. Oh yeah, if you've seen that, <laughs> that's a great movie. Uh, and it also, of uh, December of 1982, Atari releases Dun 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 E.T., the extraterrestrial, written in five and a half weeks. It's one of the games that sparks the video game crash of 1983. We should review this game. <laughs> There's nothing to review. Uh, trust me, I still have my copy of it. <coughs> I got it for Christmas that year. Um, going into 1980 or the Christmas of 82, uh, my brother got the actual Atari 52 or 2600 and my parents got ET for it. And God, what an awful game that was. It was epically horrible. Like not even so bad that it's good. No, it's awful. There's nothing redeemable about that game. It's the worst thing ever. It, it, it's worse the, the scorn Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've heard like how awful it is I've never played it obviously but yeah it, it's it's one of those games that's it's historically bad like yeah. when you think of bad video games this is always one of if not the first game that comes up and if you haven't seen it look up the uh what do you know right offhand what the name of the uh the documentary was about that I was I was just thinking about that. I don't know it off the top of my head. Me, uh, I'll look AT, it up real quick. TV video game documentary. Whichever one of us gets there. Uh, Atari Game Over. Yeah, Atari Game Over. And I think you can watch it right now. I know, um, did I watch it on Netflix? Or pretty sure it's on Netflix. If you can't find it on Netflix, it it's definitely on Amazon or Hulu. But I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. But it's great. Yeah. Uh, in December of 1983, Namco releases Pole Position 2, adding three additional tracks. I remember Pole Position. I remember hearing about it. Never played it, but I have seen gameplay of it. I think I had the port of it to the uh, Atari 2600, or it might have been the first one. They were pretty easy games. <clears throat> I, I didn't play it too much in the uh, the arcade, but I do remember having them for the uh, 2600. Uh, and coming up in December 4th of 1992, Mega Man 5 is released in Japan. And then on December uh, 31st, it is released in the U.S. And was Mega Man 5 on the N... Yeah, it was the, I think it was the last one that was made on the NES before... Uh, Mega Man, I think Mega Man 6 was for the Super Nintendo, if I'm not mistaken. But I 
can't find that info. Uh, let's see. I mean, during the, the time frame sounds right, because I think the SNES came out in 91. Mm-hmm. So that that sounds right. Yeah, let me look up Mega Man 6 just to make sure. I'm pretty sure Mega Man 6. Uh, not MAGA Man. I don't want to make America great again, Man 6. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, Mega Man 6 was on the Nintendo as well. When did it jump over to the Super Nintendo? Maybe Mega Man 7? Mega Man SNES. See what Mega Man 7 was for the SNES. Ah, okay. I figured it was right around there somewhere. I knew it was in the early 90s they made the transition. Yep, Mega Man 7. And I don't know why that was important to me. I just felt the need to look that up. <laughs> well, as a Mega Man fan, you gots to know. Yeah, I gots to know. Let's see. December 10th, 1993, ID Software releases Doom, a seminal first-person shooter that advances pseudo-3D graphics technology for computer games. I, Doom was a big deal Oh yeah, back was. when it came out. You know, I, I knew so many people that played it. Um, I never did, but I, it's one of those games that you know I used to watch my uncle play after school. Yeah. Um, it, it's... You know, it, it was a trendsetter. It was also the inspiration for a really shitty movie. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> even The Rock couldn't save that that movie. Uh, he um, even says that it sucks. Yeah, it's which awful. is awesome. <laughs> I love Doom, though. I used to. I have specific memories of playing Doom in my eleventh uh, grade computer class. Uh, if we got done with our work uh, before the class was over. We could go and pick out of the big random box of um, floppy disks, and whoever got finished first got to pick Doom, so I was always the first guy to get done with my work. Awesome. Uh, And also on December 17th, oh look, a Sierra release. Uh, Sierra releases Gabriel Knight's Sins of the Fathers. Uh, But at least it's not a quest game, this one's a different one. You mean the quest game of the week? Yeah, the quest game of the week. Um, I don't really know what this is. I've never even heard of this before, but I'm pretty sure it's a point-and-click adventure. It's got some pretty good voice acting in it. It's got Tim Curry, Mark Hamill, Michael Dorn. That's pretty wild. I know. I've never even heard of this before. I haven't either, but still, that's... Huh. That's crazy. It's a... Yeah, it's a point-and-click adventure. Now, I've I've never heard of this, but you know, getting getting those three names like that that's that's pretty good. Yeah, awesome. And closing out this month in video game history on December seventeenth, nineteen ninety-three, Mega Man X is released in Japan for the SNES. I don't remember Mega Man X. Is this the one that's uh, universally lauded? As not being very good. Let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find um, critical reception of it, but it's not on the Wikipedia page. I think this is the one that uh, they kind of changed up the the gameplay a bit, and they put a lot of cuts, unnecessary cutscenes in the game, and it made it very mm-hmm. hard to play and very hard to get into it. 
because there were a lot of cut unnecessary cutscenes, and then they changed up a lot of you know just the platforming mechanics of it so it just they they made too big of a change too fast <clears throat> yeah i i've not really heard that much about mega man x um i remember reading about it in the old nintendo power and i always thought the the box art was some of the the cooler looking yeah. super nintendo box art that they did but you know as i've mentioned you know mega man was one of those series that just kind of you know, I just never really got into. Yeah. But that rounds us out for this month in video game history for this episode. And uh, let Derek tell everybody about books. So for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I talked about my, uh, my critical review of Legends of Luke Skywalker um, I have started the new uh, – well, it's not new now, but the Captain Phasma book mm-hmm. uh, that kind of goes into her uh, origin story. Still very early into it, so I can't really give uh, you know even like a real first impression of it because it hasn't really – the plot hasn't really got going yet. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it in time for The Last Jedi. Probably not, but – you know, I do look forward to to hearing it because I, I've heard I've heard good things about it for the most part. So, and she was a character that you know intrigued me when her info was released when the Force Awakens came out. So, yeah. um, definitely interested in checking that out. But they've got you know other Star Wars books like Bloodline, uh, the Thrawn book. They've even got like a lot of the Legend series like Shadows of the Empire, Heir of the Empire. So many great Star Wars books, and they have books on gaming. Uh, mystery, romance, fiction, nonfiction, sci-fi, every genre you can think of, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is a great service to have uh, to be able to continue to read books without having to sit down and actually read a physical book. So to do that, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. And this week we're talking about... Batman Returns is a video game for various platforms based on the movie of the same name. The Sega console versions uh, for the uh, Mega Drive Genesis, the Mega CD, the Master System, and Sega Game Gear were published by Sega themselves, while the NES and Super NES versions were developed and published by Konami. Uh, There was an MS-DOS version as well, developed by Konami, or published by Konami and developed by Spirit of Discovery. The Amiga version was developed by Denton Designs and also published by Konami. And there was also an Atari Lynx version published by Atari. Uh, And I'm going to be talking about the Super Nintendo version, uh, which I did go online and looked at um, at the differences between the Super Nintendo and the Genesis version. And it was a completely different game, which I had no idea because I'd never seen the Sega Genesis game before. Uh, and the Sega Genesis game, it 
uh, it's more of a platformer and and is a little more akin to the uh, the Batman NES, uh, Batman the video game that I reviewed a couple months ago, uh, which I really liked a lot. I think that game's great. Uh, it plays more like that one. It's more of a platformer. But the one for the Super Nintendo, um, and there are definitely, uh, you know, graphical differences too. Like the Sega Genesis version is kind of the characters are smaller. It's a very dark game, um, you know, very platformy. Uh, it's, there's not a lot of detail and everything. But for the Super Nintendo version, it's basically Final Fight reskinned as a Batman game. <laughs> it plays like Final Fight. It looks like Final Fight. It sounds like Final Fight. Um, not, not to say that's a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Um, which makes me think, you know, whenever Arkham City came out or Arkham Asylum a few years ago, everybody always talked about, oh, Batman games were awful before this game. This is the quintessential, you know, Batman game. I disagree. I think the NES Batman game is excellent. And I think this version of Batman, uh, Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo is absolutely worth the money and very playable and enjoyable. Uh, and you know, you don't really do any detective work or anything like that. It's just, it's a straight side scrolling beat em up and it follows the movie pretty well. You know, you get some really good cutscenes with this, uh, with this game. And as you heard with the music, uh, before we started the review here, it, it uses a lot of the Danny Elfman, uh, score for the movie. You know, the, I like actually like the game better than the movie, <laughs> which is weird because, you know, I've only seen this movie all the way through one time, and it was in the theater wow. the first time I saw it. I've seen bits and pieces of it again over the years. I tried to watch it again a few years ago when it was on when it was streaming on Netflix. I can't get through it. There's just something... I don't know. What it's a it, it, it's a little too Tim Burtony. Yeah, it's 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 mean. If you get my, I mean, Batman straight up kills a dude in the first like five minutes of the movie. You know, yeah. using the afterburner to burn this poor guy alive. You know, I know he's a bad guy and all, but come on, you don't burn a dude alive. I mean, I don't even know if he's dead, but he's definitely in a burn ward the rest of his life. You know? Yeah. Like, that's not Batman. And I, you know, I think. And I was actually thinking about a lot today. I think Tim Burton, you know, as much I love the first Tim Burton Batman movie. I think the setting of that movie, the visuals of that movie are a comic book, you know, the Batman comic book brought to life. Like, I yeah. think that is the perfect, you know, cinematic world for Batman to be in. It's almost like it's it's very surreal and um, very gothic and just. You know, it's not too Tim Burton-y. And I think that's the problem with Batman Returns is like when he did the first Batman, you know, they kind of had a rain on him because he didn't yeah. have a lot of pull in Hollywood yet. But then that one made so much money. They were just like, OK, go do what you want for the second one. Ooh, and look what we got. It's it's gross. It's over long. It's it's way too dark and stylized and. It just doesn't work for me. And um, I think that's, you know, I really think that Tim Burton and, uh, you know, uh, Zack Snyder kind of fall into the same category together. When they're doing their own stuff, you know, they're not really good at 
character development. They're more visual directors. So yeah. when they're reined in, they create good content like The Watchmen or, you know, 300 with Zack Snyder. But you give that dude the keys to the kingdom, you get Batman v Superman. And I think that's what happened with Tim Burton back in the day, too. Batman was a huge success. You know, they let him have free reign for the second movie. And basically... It didn't work. It did not work. Um, I think they should have given him a third movie to correct his mistake. Which I think Michael Keaton deserved a third go as Batman. But we ended up with Batman Forever, which is an okay movie, but we're not here to talk about Batman movies. <laughs> I don't know why I got off onto that tangent. We, we could go on like all day for that. Yeah. But, you know, it follows the movie you know, really well. And, and, you know, it's a straight beat em up. There's not a lot of nuance to this game. Uh, but, you know, <clears throat> the graphics are awesome on this game. Yes. The. The controls, I mean, if you think con the controls for Final Fight are great and tight, that's exactly the way it is for this game. Um, you get, uh, you do get one special thing. It's called a, <clears throat> a test tube to where if you get overwhelmed on the screen, you can wipe out all enemies on screen with, with the test tube. You know, you just throw it mm -hmm. on the ground and it just kind of like wipes out everything on the screen. Uh, and as you're going through the game... You know, I think the second level of this game, I actually put a picture of it up on the Nerd Cave Retro Instagram site last night. Uh, there's a shot of Batman where you're going through this level. You know, the very first level you're on, you're going through the streets of Gotham, and it's, it, it plays a lot like Final Fight, where you kind of can go kind of up and down. It's kind of almost a three-quarter view, um, where you're going through and you're just beating everybody up. But then the second level you get to, it's more of a straight-on um, and you're not really, you're, you actually use them battering. So it plays more like a shooter in the second level. Um, and on that level in the background is this huge Christmas tree in the background with the two big Gothic, like, um, uh, Gothic looking statues on either side of the tree. And it just visually like you're just watching Batman fight these weird, you know, circus clowns. It's like, it's just this really weird, surreal setting, and it makes for an awesome video game setting. Yeah. No, the the first thing that I noticed because I've I've never played any of the old Batman games. I love the graphics for the SNES version. Like I love that style yeah. of sixteen bit because I think that style and I we've talked about this on multiple episodes. That style still holds up. You oh, see yeah. a lot of current indie games. Mm -hmm. that are made in that style so yeah you know, that that was instantly the thing that that drew me to that but one question i did have because i didn't play any of the old batman games why was the perception that they were awful i don't really know because <clears throat> uh even you know back in the day you know i never had this game i didn't get this game till like a couple of years ago but i did rent it a couple of times back in the day, you know, I always thought it was a good game and I've never played the, um, the Batman, the animated series game for the super Nintendo. I'd like to get it and play it, but I never really thought any of the Batman games were bad before Arkham, uh, asylum came out, which I think Arkham asylum is one of the best games of the, you know, last decade or so, but yeah. doesn't take away from these. I mean, they're completely different 
type of games, you know, the combat in these games, you know, are, you know, you're punching and kicking and using your, uh, your batarangs, you're using your cape, you know, you use, uh, your grappling hook, uh, in some of the levels, um, you can use pretty much use it on any level, but there's a lot of levels where you have to use the grappling hook. I mean, it's Batman, you know, you're playing Batman in these games. Oops. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. No, but th- this does look like a, a fun, you know, side scroller type game. Cause like I, I have no issue with those. Cause you know, I love the, the classic Ninja Turtles games, um, the first thing that I thought of was the uh, the Power Ranger game that I played for Super Nintendo. Like it looks like it plays exactly like that. So this seems like something that would be right up my alley. And it being, you know, following the movie is I actually like games like that because yeah, do you get any new information? Not really, but still going through the whole movie to me is is still kind of cool. Yeah, and I mean it takes <clears throat> it. It utilizes everything that the Super Nintendo could offer. You know, the music was great. You know, the big, you know, big sprite-based graphics, big sprite colorful graphics on the screen. And it used the Mode 7, which later in the game, you actually get to drive the Batmobile through the streets of Gotham. And, you know, at the time, I mean, it still looks good to this day that sequence and you know there's breakable environments in this game where you're going through and in the background you know there are uh, storefronts and you can take people and throw them through the window of the storefronts and break the glass and everything and like that wasn't normally done back then you know like breakable environments and things like that so i mean this is you know you get to go through this game uh, and a lot of different you know, some of the bosses are actually from the movie. Like when you first run across Selena Kyle, you know, and he, she's being held captive by the the clown guy. And first thing you do is you shoot the wall behind him with your grappling gun and hit him in the back of the head with a big chunk yeah. of wall. You know, that's straight out of the movie. And then mm-hmm. you go through and you actually get to fight Catwoman on the roof. Uh, you fight the Riddler, uh, not the Riddler, uh, the Penguin several times throughout the game. And then he's the big final boss that you fight in the game. Uh, and like I said, you get to drive the Batmobile. This game's got it all. And it's fun to play. It looks great. It sounds great. I'm, you know, and on a scale of 1 to 10, this is getting a 9. Wow. I mean, yeah. That's high praise. It does get repetitive. I'm going to admit that. It gets really repetitive. But then again, so does Final Fight. Most of these side-scrollers like, you know, Double Dragon and all these side-scrolling beat-em-ups, you know, they're all very repetitive. But that just kind of comes with the territory of these games. And that's what they were back in the day. You know, you're not going to have... You know, they create these sprite-based characters. They're going to reuse them a lot throughout the game, you know, so that that happens. But this game's just straight-up fun. Yeah, I mean, it it looks like it. And like you said, that the repetitiveness, that's kind of the drawback of that genre is that it's going to be that way. Yeah. So that you, you you take that, you know, what you get. And I really would have been interested to see this style of game, <clears throat> like the way this game looks, 
but with the platforming elements of the Batman, uh, the video game for the NES, because, you know, Batman moved very quickly and did, you know, the wall jumps like on Ninja Gaiden and things like that. I would love to see that sort of game using, you know, this game engine, you know, with these big characters like that and all the stuff you could do. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It's it, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It's not a platformer. But, you know, people that say there were no good Batman games before Arkham City, they're just wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're all you're <laughs> all wrong. It was actually uh, an award that it got from Electronic Gaming Monthly. It was the best licensed game of 1992, and that that doesn't sound like a bad game to Dude, me. I'm gonna say it was one of the best licensed games ever made. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a great movie, but it's a great video game. Yeah. So take that for what you will. <laughs> I mean, that, there's probably people out there that love this movie. That's like, you're wrong. You suck. And I'm like, you know what? That's just my opinion. I did. I love the first Batman movie. I just can't. Something about the second well, one just d- d- rubs me wrong. Well, no lie. What you described as your opinion of the first and second Tim Burton movies, I've been telling people that since I was in high school. <laughs> so I'm I'm right there with you. I, I've always thought that. Like, I, I don't hate Batman Returns, but it's a little too Tim Burton-y for my yeah. taste. Love the first one because it adds in a little bit of his style, but... It's you were right. It's like, yeah, it's it was like the comic book came to life, just like yes. the look of the buildings, because it it almost had that kind of like, I feel like I was in the 1940s. Yeah, very, even um, even though you clearly weren't, but it kind of felt that way. But even though you know it was this huge city, it still felt claustrophobic. You know, like yeah, you felt dirty, like you were there, like the streets were always moist you know and like you know the buildings just look old and like there's these big gothic statues everywhere and it's like where the hell is this city where it's like it's always like even in the daytime it's dark you know like where is this place at on earth like there's no place like this and then you go to the Joel Schumacher movies and Gotham's like yeah. obnoxiously huge. Yeah, and it's all full of neon and there's like there's nipples on the bat suit and I'm like what the hell happened? <laughs> uh, bad cold puns and all that fun stuff. <laughs> I still see you. Uh, <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh good stuff. If I could find um, the Batman Forever for the Super Nintendo, I'd like to get it. But I know for a fact that one's not good because I do remember renting that one weekend when I was a kid. And I think I maybe played it for like 10 minutes and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. This is awful because it's not um, it doesn't have the look of this game where it's kind of cartoony. It's more Mm -hmm. um, has that look of like uh, Mortal Kombat where it's like an actual digitized version of the Batman and like it looks like real people but digitized it's just kind of doesn't work like it's very very dated looking sounds gross yeah but when you go back and you look at this game this game's going to hold up for you know forever because it's yeah. very stylized and that's you know it's what we were talking about last week with the the Legend of Zelda 
you know, I never want to see a realistic looking Zelda game. I'd want, I like Breath of the Wild where it's a realistic looking world, but very stylized, cartoony characters. It just, it works for me. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And speaking of which, we didn't actually cover this. I finished Breath of the Wild last night. And I have a complaint. What do you think of the... I wonder if it's the same one I had. That there's no save after you defeat Ganon? (laughs) Like, what the hell? There's no record of me beating this game at all. The... Well, I have one other complaint. I did not care for the final phase of the battle. To me, it was very anticlimactic. Like, the the first phase I loved. Yeah, I could have done without that whole second part, yeah. Yeah, it it was just too different than the first one. And just the the way it ends is just like, oh, you beat the game. Yeah, and that's the, you know, after the, the, the first phase of the fight feels really satisfying. Like... You know, I put a lot, I I broke my Hylian shield in that fight, you know, like yeah. I felt like I sacrificed some really cool weapons to get through that fight. And then it's like, oh, I got to fight him again and I have to use a magic bow and arrow and use my horse, which my horse got killed in the fight. Because he got stomped always breaks on. my heart when that happens. He got stomped on and died, and he was my first horse that I got in the game, and it made me angry. Yeah, my first horse was shot down by a guardian. Oh, it was a sad sucks. day. <laughs> but yeah, I, that was my biggest complaint. Is like afterwards, I was like, "Oh, cool! I get to go back through and just kind of go do all my other stuff now." No, uh, it takes you right back to the save right before you go into the actual throne room where you fight Ganon. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this happy horse shit? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, to kind of go off on that, there is new DLC out that uh, that I've downloaded. Uh, it's called the Champions Pack. Um, I haven't started that story mode yet, but it's you have to beat all four of the Divine Beast, and you go back to the Chamber of Resurrection and put your Sheikah slate in its original terminal. Yeah. And that's where that's where the story happens. I haven't read anything about it because I want to just, like, have it unfold. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to know anything about it before I do it. That's cool. But I know it has a lot to do with the four, you know, the four champions of the Divine Beast. So okay. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Well, let me know how it is because uh, I think I'm going to – Go ahead and move on to Super Mario Odyssey, and I might uh, ask Tina for uh, Rocket League for Christmas um, and start playing Rocket some League's other so stuff. Because Tina woke up at like, it was about midnight last night. She woke up and she looked at the TV and she was like, haven't you beaten this game yet? <laughs> like, yeah, I did, but I'm now I'm going back through and doing my uh, all, all the stuff I missed. She was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what that's what I do with Zelda too. I always, I go through and I'll beat the story and then go back and do all the side quests and everything. Yeah, but if if you get if you get Odyssey anytime soon, definitely let me know how it is because that game is so fun. Oh, I will. And I know I you'll love it. it. I'm gonna get it for the hot for my my holiday, my two week or well, my week and a half off because I'm gonna need something to play. You'll love it. I guarantee it. 
Awesome. Well, that does it for our talk on Batman Returns, the video game for the Super Nintendo. I highly recommend it. If you find a copy of it, pick it up because it's awesome. But that's going to do it for this week. So, Derek, anything you want to discuss before we get out of here? Yes, two things. First, uh, this week for the Derek Diamond Experience, I'm going to be doing a pre and post Star Wars The Last Jedi episode. Ah. So we're me and a bunch of friends are going to the 930 showing because uh, it's weird because the first IMAX showing they're doing here in town is until 930 at night, which I find to be kind of interesting. Hmm. Okay. So we're doing like a, a Last Jedi preview. So I'm going to take the audio from it, and then as soon as the movie is over, we're going to come back to my place, do our immediate reactions to it, <laughs> and then I'm going to combine the two and put it, you know, I'm going to put it out as an episode. Yeah. <laughs> so so the episode will be out like late Thursday, early Friday instead of Thursday morning. And the other thing I will say is this to people who like to post spoilers online. <laughs> there are very few things in this world that are sacred to me. <laughs> Star Wars is one of those things. Yeah, same here. Now, now starting on Monday, I'm going to do a Facebook and Twitter blackout. Mm -hmm. But if anyone decides to spoil it for me in person, I'm going to hurt you. Me and Derek will hunt you down. Yes. And we'll, we'll have you ever, you remember that scene in uh, Office Space when they take the, uh, the print, the, the printer out to the middle mm -hmm. of the field and they just destroy it with a baseball bat and slow motion. That's going to be me and Derek with you. If you spoil <laughs> star Wars for us online, it just, it, it's not cool. You're not, not funny. <laughs> You're not witty. You're just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. So that that's, that's my message. Do not spoil star Wars. Mm -hmm. don't don't do it just don't do it what <laughs> excuse me what's cool with my theater here in town is that all the showings are spaced out where like so say the first showing i think is at like 7 30 and then the next one's at 9 30 and the movie is like two and a half hours long yeah so the way that the, the showings are spaced out it's like you know you go in one while the other one's going on and then the other one finishes and you go into another one while the other one's going on. So it's like, you're not meeting people yeah. who are leaving the theater, seeing star Wars. Yeah, so hopefully they've eliminated that horse shit. That's the way they did it for us too. Uh, I think there's a seven o'clock and a seven thirty showing and we got the seven thirty showing. And I think the next showing is at like nine thirty and 10. So they're, they're staggered, you know, like that. Yeah. So that's a good idea. So I, I don't know if we're going to do the reactions live on Facebook just because it's going to be super late when we're done. But either way, you know, we'll we'll be doing a Star Wars The Last Jedi special for this week's uh, Derek Diamond experience. And actually, uh, something you'll be interested in is that on the 23rd of this month, I will be doing a special episode of the Derek Diamond Experience dedicated to Jeremy London's acting class. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be uh, Jeremy's doing a class here in town on the 23rd, so I'll have him and several other people from his class, you know, that's held here in town 
just talking about his class, uh, kind of the film community we have here in town. Uh, that'll be on Saturday, December 23rd. I think we're going to start at 3.15 in the afternoon and then wrap up around 5 because that's when the class starts. So cool. definitely check that out. It, it's going to be a huge panel. I think we're going to have like 10 people on it, Wow, which is going to be kind of wild. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, cool. Um, and I forgot to tell everybody, too, uh, I'm going to be out of town next weekend, and I will be back Sunday evening, but I'm not sure what time I'm going to be back. So uh, the show for next week may be pushed back a day. Um, I forgot to talk to you about this <laughs> before we uh, did this tonight. Uh, so next week, if good. we don't get to, to record Sunday night, it'll have to be Monday evening, if that's okay with you. Yeah, no, we'll we'll work it out. Okay, because yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually going out of town, going to visit my brother for, for the holidays for a few days, but I will be back that Sunday evening. So, um, if you watch us on Twitch or anything like that, we hopefully will be back. But I'll let everybody know on Twitter if it's going to be pushed back to Monday. Um, so Derek might actually have to take care of the Google Docs for this week and put all the stuff in there for the. <laughs> the hey, that's that's and, no problem. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to have to worry about that while I'm out of town. No, I'll I'll take care of it. And uh, actually, we did a really good episode of the Pop Culture Palette this last week as well. Uh, my old bass player from the band Fall as well, Mikey Boucher, was on the show. And we talk about um, when we were assigned to Universal Records uh, and we were touring with Three Doors Down. Uh, and this was from the years of 2001 or two to 2000. We broke up in early 2006. Uh, so we just kind of go through our whole career and what, um, you know, the whole weirdness that was the music business around that time uh, with illegal downloading at its height and all that kind of stuff and how that affected us as a band, how it affected the music industry around us. So it was a really good show. Go over there and check it out. Well, you can find us on Twitter at PCP show, or you can go to PCPradio.com to get that episode. Uh, it's called lazy eye. Um, the, uh, turning point of the music industry. So it was a really good episode. Go check that out. So I think that's going to do it for this week. So uh, do you have anything else, Derek, or are we good to go? I am good to go, sir. All right. Let me turn up our music here. If you would like to email us, we're at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. You can go to nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. You can follow us individually on Twitter at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.